And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. All right, friends, we are back with yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC, and We've got a really great show for you today, and it's going to, I feel like it's going to change your paradigm and your worldview. So so let's talk about our special, special guest today. Today we have with us her, her Emily LeCure, and she is with Equity Squared, and she's here to tell us about impact investing. And I think that this is a term that has been thrown around, particularly as of late, and I, I don't know, I, I don't know that I really understand it. And so I'm really excited to delve into this with her. Emily, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. I absolutely I, I am so thrilled to have you here. I think that you you and I have circled each other for a little while now. Um since you since you started working for Equity Squared, and, and we'll delve into what that was like a little bit later. But I just I know that I have wanted to talk to you. Like you just seem like one of those individuals that I just want to pick your brain. So I am I'm psyched. But let's let's jump right into it. Uh, first things first. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, kind of how you came to be here? Sure. Um, well, I am I am so excited to be here. Um, I love listening to everything you do and following Innovate Her. So thank you, Lauren. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I came to the world of finance in a really kind of um, roundabout way. And um, if someone would have told me, you know, even 10 years ago that I would have been working in this industry, I would have probably been a mix of embarrassed and like shocked. Um, but I you know, I didn't know what I know now is kind of how I sum that up. I, um, I started my career in the nonprofit sector and I studied anthropology and sociology in undergrad, um, you know, started out in the Peace Corps and then um, moved to Kansas City and, and was working in refugee resettlement and, and with low-income entrepreneurs through a really incredible program run by Catholic Charities of Northeast Kansas and Cultivate KC called New Roots for Refugees. Um, really lovely program. Um, but I just kept feeling like access to capital was this challenge that I didn't understand. And, you know, candidly, money is really powerful. And if, if I wanted to do something good in the world, I felt like I had to understand how capital flows and how that works. Um, which led me to, you know, walk into a community bank and, and, you know, get a, a job in the lobby. And I was, you know, in some ways, very naive to the hierarchies of the financial industry. And um, I think that only worked to my benefit, you know, um, <laughs> I was able to ask some, some questions and, and do things differently um, without expectations around how they're traditionally done. And so um, that kind of set me on this path um, where I've been working 
ever since. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And I always love it when people come to their passion or come to their, you know, area of knowledge and expertise in, in new and interesting ways. But I think, I think you're absolutely right. There's a commonality like between the nonprofit sector, between startups, between, you know, all of these different industries and verticals where capital and, and deal flow and, and money, it, it's always a problem. And so I think that you've, you've kind of hit on the core of it. So, so the first question that I'm going to ask you is if you could kind of walk us through exactly what impact investing means. Yeah. So I, you know, I like to err on the side of keeping things pretty simple when it comes to anything financial, because I don't think we need to, to make it as complicated as a lot of times we do. Um, so you know, impact investing at its core is is just their investments made with the intention of generating um, positive social returns or environmental returns alongside financial returns. So it's that double bottom line or triple bottom line. Um, and then we can go in further. You know, I, I think it needs to be intentional and measurable and transparent and all of these things. But at, at its core, it means that we're we're trying to do more than just make money. Amazing. I, and of course, that that speaks that speaks to me. What I find interesting about your personal story is that there is this kind of pervasive thread. Y your whole life or your whole career, at least, has been about impact in one way or another. Um, I mean, you know, you say the Peace Corps and you say that, you know, you, you've done all of these things and worked with all of these different communities. Um, and I find it lovely and wonderful that um, at the core of all of that is helping people. So can you can you tell us a little bit about about that where that came from? Yeah, you know that's that's a tough question. I guess, I guess um, I feel like early on when I was you know in high school, I um, really became interested in food and agriculture. Um, largely because I I was overwhelmed by all these challenges in the world. Right, like I don't. And at that time, especially, I, I was getting a more global perspective, and I just didn't really know what to do about, um, you know, social and, and genocide, social unrest and genocide and all these horrible things. And so I felt like, okay, well, I eat multiple times a day, and I have the luxury, not everyone does, but I had the luxury to, you know, choose where my food was coming from and, and what I was eating. And that led me down a path of learning about um, farm worker rights, which are human rights and environmental issues. And um, it kind of gave me a path to focus on that allowed me to explore all of this, you know, impact or doing good. Um, but I'll, I'll also say that, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with um, doing things that are, are self-fulfilling and rewarding in addition to being um, doing something good. And, you know, the Peace Corps is an example I, I often give of that. You know, I I was definitely a catalyst for creating some some really powerful connections among um, you know the local community leaders where I was, but but I also got a lot out of it, and I think that that's okay too. So you know, impact is important, but but I think that's how that's how I look at impact investing too, right? Like you can make money, but you can also do good. Like these things, all of these things don't have to be so mutually exclusive like we think they do. 
Right, right. They don't uh, necessarily exist in a vacuum. And that, wow, that was that was very profound. Thank you for for sharing that. So, so how do these, you know, past experiences and this this lens through which you view things? How do you think it informs what you're doing now? Um, I think I think the biggest thing is that I I know that we can do better. I and I genuinely believe that innovative financing solutions to our most pressing challenges, our social environmental challenges, really do have the power to change people's lives and reshape our world. Like, I don't doubt that. I've seen it and I know we can do it. Um, and so that's kind of this, this driving force, you know? Um, plus, I mean, in, in the current context, Lauren, like in, in 2020, like there's a lot of pain, there's a lot going on out there. And I feel like, um, you know, right now, we just can't continue doing things as we've done them in the past. We have to think about how our capital works differently. And if not now, when, right? So I think that the more we can have discussions like this and think and talk openly about, okay, maybe it's not philanthropy, maybe it's not traditional investing, maybe it's, you know, crossing over all these different industries in new and creative ways. I mean, that's where it's going. That's where change is going to have to come from. Um, and so I, I like that. It's, it's like getting really creative in an industry that isn't known for being creative, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I love that because I definitely when I think about investment as an institution and as a societal function, I, I don't necessarily think of impact like that's not that's not where my mind goes. I tend to think of profit and I tend to think of capitalism. And so I, I, I love that the work you're doing is kind of changing that narrative. As, so to to kind of piggyback on that, are you do you think that impact investing is kind of the, the next wave of, of, of investment? Yeah. Well, so, you know, in 20, I think this is a 2019 number, but, um, there's according to the global impact investing network, which is um, a very reliable source for all things impact investing. I highly recommend them. Um, but they have said that there's now over $700 billion allocated to impact investing and that's globally. Um, and it's dwarfed by the size of capital markets, but it, it is a growing trend. And, and one way that I've seen this really start to expand um, across the board, but, but definitely in Kansas City now more recently is, you know, foundations are looking at traditional grant making. And while there's a need for traditional grant making, there's also a desire to do something a little bit different with either their invested portfolio um, through, you know, mission-related investments or on the program-related investing side. And I, I think that looking at the philanthropic side and the capital market side and saying neither of these is really changing our, you know, some of these core issues that, that we're facing. And, um, you know, I think that that's kind of an interesting new path. So yeah, it's, it's not just a trend. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that this is going away anytime soon. We're going to continue to, to get better at measuring and reporting and being transparent in what, um, impact investing is. And I think that'll only encourage more investors to get off the sidelines. Yeah. Well, and I think that there, or at least I've seen, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've seen a kind of a, a societal shift, um, you know, from, you know, like the eighties, which was like the ultimate in, in 
profits and capitalism and you know everybody had to have the the newest hottest things but now i think we're kind of shifting to a more community lens you know how can I make my dollars stretch and do good. I mean, you have organizations like Tom's where it's like the buy one, give one model and things like that. And so there's this desire. I think that people have a deep desire to to do good in their actions and in their words and then, you know, also with their money. And so um, I, I think that you're definitely poised to to do some really incredible things. So So let's talk a little bit about the mechanics of what you do. Um, can you tell us, you know, some, give us some examples of some, some projects and some, some, maybe some companies or some organizations that you have in your portfolio? Yeah. So we have, we, we have a lot going on. Um, so I'll, I'll start with something that I'm particularly excited about right now. Um, and it's, you know, there's a lot of talk kind of in the impact investing space about community wealth building, um, and, you know, this idea of shared prosperity, right? So when, when we're talking about community wealth, it's about building up assets and asset ownership um, among, you know, groups and low-income households that otherwise don't have access to these sorts of um, investment tools. And so we have launched a feasibility study um, to bring a community investment trust to Kansas City, which is um, perhaps a mouthful, but Wow. Yeah. So it's super exciting. Um, Invest CIT is the website and that's uh, the pilot project in Portland, Oregon. And we're um, working with the, um, the team that kind of developed this and piloted it to see if we can do it here. And, and the idea really is that um, residents, it's, so it's, it's very place-based. So residents um, of, you know, a specific community um, can become owners of a real estate development project that's happening in their neighborhood. So, you know, this works for like, think of just like a small commercial strip mall or a mixed use kind of build, um, you know, for anywhere from like 10 to a hundred dollars a month surrounding residents can become equity owners in that project. And then, you know, they see the benefits of a financial return. So it's just really, I mean, it's, it's a financial product at its simplest, but, um, it's true community wealth building, and that's where we get intergenerational wealth transfers going, and you know, among households that don't otherwise have that, and all sorts of things. So um, that's a really exciting thing, and, and we have some other other projects going too. That's amazing. I, I have this giant smile on my face as you're talking because you're 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 just talking about some some very necessary things for our community, um, and I I love that. So, so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, and I think, I think this is a, a priority, but I wanted to talk to you uh, about investment in communities of color and marginalized communities, because um, I think that that is potentially a large part of what you do. And I wanted to, to hear your thoughts on that. I, I, I feel like that's probably a, a priority. It is. Yeah. And I, I think that this impacts how we operate in a lot of different ways. So first and foremost, it's really important to me that that we're not just using our capital differently, but that we're building a different kind of financial firm, right? So so we're owned, just for clarity, um, Equity Squared is owned by a Community Development Financial Institution. Um, that's a mouthful, but Alpcap is our uh, parent organization. And so we've grown out of... Um, 
you know, this, this world where access to capital is very clear and we exist to fill in gaps. So while access to capital is super important, I also think that how we build this, this firm needs to be different. Um, and first and foremost, like I try really hard and call me out if I do this. I want everyone to call us out, you know, but I don't want to use jargon. I think that it's exclusive and it um, limits participation. And so, you know, I think that as we try to fund and build up um, underrepresented communities in the entrepreneurial space, it's really important that we um, are aware of, of the language we're using and we're not using jargon for the sake of it. Um, but yeah, you know, in, in any fund that we're raising now, we're, we're targeting one in particular, um, that we're focused on. And in that fund, we have, um, a certain portion of the portfolio allocated to, um, early stage businesses that are underrepresented in the entrepreneurial space. So, um, you know, it just takes, I mean, we have to be intentional about it. Sure. So, so what is the potential economic impact of investment in these communities who might not otherwise have, have capital investment? Yeah. So that, that is the biggest question, question, right? Because we have to measure it. So, so I would say that all investing has impact or, or all investments are impact investments, right? Um, Whether it's positive or negative, like that's, that's where we go. But um, anywhere you're putting your dollars, there's going to be ancillary impact. And when we're investing in, um, you know, BIPOC founders and in low-income communities and in businesses that don't just create quality jobs, but, but create quality jobs that are attainable for surrounding residents, you know, that's where we really start to, to make an impact. And so one of the things that we've done um, at Equity Squared in partnership with um, community capital fund is to develop a pretty unique social return on investment tool. And that's how we're actually going to quantify this impact. And, and we have to do it on an asset level basis. So we have to do it with each individual investment because a real estate investment and, and an operating business, you know, those are going to look really different when we talk about and measure impact and we're investing in, in both. Um, but quantifying it and then, you know, we have pledged to report it publicly in our annual impact report, because again, you know, what good does it do if we only hold it close to us or only share it with our investors? That's not, that's not changing how finance works. Right. No, that, that makes total sense. So, so one question that I have for you, um, and I, and I'm sure you have an answer, but, um, it might be a little bit out of your wheelhouse. So as you are investing in these communities that, you know, have had difficulty accessing capital, um, finding ways and avenues to build this generational wealth that we keep on talking about, um, are you, are you finding that, um, that you're able to offer resources beyond, beyond just that initial investment, you know, things like, you know, classes and education and a, a, how do you, how do you manage these funds? Like, are you finding that that's a problem? Yeah. So, you know, we're lucky because we're, we're a startup, but we're also not right. We have yeah. a really great organizational backing. So, 
um, ALTCAP has some pretty stellar technical assistance and, and partners regionally that they've been working with. And so we rely on that, but it's not just about access to capital. I mean, any, any business that we invest in, we can offer mentorships through our, our network and things like that. But um, money alone isn't the solution, right? We're trying to be one part of that, um, but there's also the human capital piece and, and then what to do with funds and, and how to value a company and all of those, you know, more complex kind of CFO roles that a lot of smaller businesses are, are growing and um, trying to develop. Like that's, that's definitely part of it. And it's, it's a challenge for even the most sophisticated companies, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I hear time and time again about organizations that are having struggles to to manage that aspect of the business. Uh, I feel like this is a perfect time to mention that, um, you know, this episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Crown CFO. They offer fractional CFO services for businesses of any size or stage. Get the impact of a CFO for a fraction of the cost. You can visit crowncfo.com forward slash hustle to learn more or click the link in the show notes. And I feel like this conversation just fit naturally into that now, didn't it? <laughs> well, so, so tell me, tell me this, um, as you are looking to create create impact within the community and and really like ultimately to hopefully create some profit and create some you know some some financial advantage um, what what is your biggest struggle ooh good question but um, i do i do just want to clarify that we're not you know i would i wouldn't even say we're creating impact i'd say we're we're a catalyst for you know moving capital to, you know, founders and firms and projects that, that they're having the impact. Um, and then I, I appreciate that clarification. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's, that's just this little piece, like we're all in this ecosystem together, but you know, one of the biggest challenges we have is that we're asking people to do something different with their money, you know, and that's, that's hard, right? Like I know that if I donate money, then I get, you know, X tech tax benefits. And I, I know that I'm not going to see that money again, but I understand how this works. I know that if I put some of these funds in, you know, X, Y, or Z, um, you know, kind of Vanguard or Goldman fund, whatever, then I know what it does. Um, and what we're, we're asking people to do is say, okay, like there's this middle ground where you're not maximizing personal financial gain, but you're also not giving it all away and maximizing community gain, but there's this middle ground. And, you know, another thing you mentioned about like, hopefully making money. I mean, we make like, we're not, we can't be an investment firm if we're not making money for our investors. So while we're impact first, we have a high priority and focus on capital preservation, right? So the, the return of invested capital is really critical. Um, and so it's just, there are a lot of pieces to this and, and asking people to do something different with their resources is always a slow build. But I think that's where we just have to have conversations like this and we talk about what's possible. And, you know, candidly, we're not reinventing the wheel here. Like this is happening all over the world, all over the country. Um, we're just, we're just making it happen now in Kansas city and, and trying to use some hometown capital to, to make it happen. Sure. 
So, so another question, and I'm sure that this is one our listeners will appreciate, but as you are looking for organizations and institutions and people really to invest in, um, are there specific things that you look for? Yeah. So what's really fun about building out this strategy is that it's rooted. So it's rooted in what, you know, we've seen on the debt financing side. Um, and, and so it's rooted in kind of these gaps and we have this really great ecosystem in, in Kansas city and have identified, okay, you know, businesses trying to raise under a million, you know, really have, have fewer options. And then those who are looking at, um, you know, not like a high multiple growth, but have some strong uh, management teams and proven cash flows. Um, but they're just trucking along. They're good little companies, you know, industry agnostic. Those are, those are the kinds of, of businesses that we really want to support. Um, we're not looking, we're not investing in 10 companies and hoping for a unicorn. You know, we're, we're investing in maybe five companies and then trying to structure our capital in a way that's supportive and more participatory and, um, you know, really in a way that, that makes it possible for all of those companies to continue growing and, and hiring and all of that. So it's, it's a little different than, um, maybe, maybe some other capital providers. Sure. Um, so beyond that, you know, the impact side, you know, we, we quantify how, how we're measuring impact. Yeah. So, so you said something there and I just, I want to clarify, um, cause, it, and I could be displaying my ignorance here, but when you say, um, p- participatory, what, what do you mean by that? What does that look like? Yeah. So we're, we're not looking to take an active ownership role over the companies we're investing in. Um, you know, if I'm investing in a healthy beverage company, it's because someone who owns that company and is running it knows how to run that company. They just need the capital. Um, the participatory part comes in because I think it's really important that we're available, right? Like we have a really stellar network of, of, you know, mentors and resources and the more that we can make those connections, I think is really helpful to business owners um, and to their management team. So, so that's how I see participatory. And we're very communicative um, upfront. You know, we we talk through all possible, you know, scenarios and exits, and we're intentional along the way um, to not be extractive. And so, you know, that's that's essentially what I mean there, but we're not actively managing these, these portfolio companies. Gotcha. Yeah. And and I have to tell you, like when, as you're sitting here and you're kind of talking about your, your, um, the the way that you operate, um, I, I have to tell you that I totally believe it because I mean, I, I've, I've dealt with alt cap, I've dealt with, you know, CCF and now equity squared. And I just, I know just based on your reputation and the way that you operate within the community, that everything you do is transparent and everything you do is with this, this deep heart to, to do good and to invest in good and to, to grow good within the communities that you serve. And so I just, I mean, I, I, always, when I talk about you guys, I, I always kind of hold you up as an example of, uh, you know, this is the way that you should do business. Um, so I just, I really just want to thank you for that. <laughs> it's not even a question. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, and I'll, I'll say like, I mean, I'm new to the, to the team relatively, you know, within the past year, but, um, when I was doing 
my sort of search out of the nonprofit sector, looking for like, okay, who's making money? Who's doing something good with that money? And I just Googled like nonprofit banks and discovered Altcap. And so for the past like 10 years, I've been this kind of fan on the sidelines. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I believe that we can do what we say we're going to do because, because of the, the team that, you know, exists at all cap in the track record and and we're not perfect like we're going to make mistakes and we're going to you know learn along the way but if we're not open about that then what's the point yeah well i just i very much admire how you're able to to create exponential growth and good in the community it's it's really it's beautiful to see um so so here's another kind of mechanic question. And I'm sure that this varies from organization to organization. But when you make a capital investment, what do what do these companies tend to use these investments for? Yeah, so a a variety of things. Typically, you know, it could be some sort of expansion, um, either a a physical expansion or um, increased hiring capacity. Um, Most of our portfolio companies are you know, asset heavy, they're, you know, maybe light manufacturing or things like that. Um, so really, really the physical expansion and hiring are, are two of the most um, significant things that, that we've funded or that we're anticipating funding. We're, we're currently in the process of doing that. Sure. And do you have any examples that you can point to of an investment that was made that allowed these, this company to grow? Um, I mean, could you, could you give us an example? Um, I can give you an example of one that, um, is on the horizon here, um, that, you know, I'm really excited about. That'll work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, so it's a really, and so I'll, I'll speak, you know, in broad terms, so I don't get anyone in trouble, but, um, it's a really stellar family owned company and they, um, make, you know, it's a healthy beverage company. They intentionally hire and train folks who have, you know, a hard time getting jobs. So whether it's because they um, have felonies on their record or they're recently out of prison or have have a couple other things going on, you know, they have this really beautiful like workforce development program. Um, And so part of the funding, you know, that we're bringing to the table, um, we're setting aside a certain number of positions that, that need to be filled by local residents or, um, you know, folks who need some sort of kind of workforce development support. Um, and, you know, it's funny to talk about this because I think investors might hear it and think, Oh, that sounds risky. And, you know, like, I think that once you dive into it, you realize that it, it makes good business sense, right? Like you have folks who are resilient and they have worked through a lot and you, you put them on this trust ladder and you just work over time to build up their skills and and trust with them. They end up being the most, you know, the most wonderful employees. They'll stick around forever. Um, And the company that we're investing in has, has been tracking this. So we know it works. It's, it's not just a feel good thing. Um, and those are the kinds of jobs that that we would be investing in there. And then there's also some other kind of marketing expansion and, and an IoT investment that they're doing with with some of that capital. That is awesome. I, I I just love hearing that. So 
talk to us a little bit about your your outreach model like what do, how do you identify companies how do you because i i imagine that a lot of these companies tend to be very community-based mm-hmm. and so it's a matter of going in and i'm sure probably building some trust and you know building um some recognition like what does that look like yeah you know most of our most of our pipeline has come out of relationships with AltCap. So folks who maybe couldn't get a traditional bank loan, AltCap gave them a loan when no one else would, they've repaid it. Now they can access, you know, traditional financing, but they had a really positive experience with our team already and want to continue working with us. I would say that that's by and far, you know, like the largest um, way that we, we connect with entrepreneurs. And then just talking to you, you know, I'm, I'm sure some folks will hear this. We have an open page on our website um, where anyone can just go in and submit an email and it comes directly to me, you know, and, and I'll respond. And so we get some, some intakes that way, but um, yeah, just kind of boots on the ground, getting the word out. Yeah. So you're telling me that all alt cap kind of alley-oops you some of the, some oh, of the folks. I love it. <laughs> I mean, we exist because of the need that they've seen, you know, like this isn't just for fun. It's like, Oh, these, these companies we funded didn't have the bank of family and friends when they needed a loan. So they certainly don't have it now when they need growth capital in the form of equity. Let's form, let's, let's solve that, you know? So yeah, it's, yeah. Awesome. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to take you back to the kind of philosophical level that we started out at. We're going to, we're, we're about to come full circle. Emily. <laughs> so, so tell me this, um, why is, why is this kind of impact investing? Why is this kind of really worldview or lens? Why is it important now? Oh, you know, we have, we have a really generous philanthropic community, especially here in Kansas City. And in addition to that philanthropy and, and government um, support, you know, we have to harness the full power of capital markets um, if we're going to have an equitable economic recovery. Like, there's, there's no question about that. Um, so how do we do that, right? We need to build new channels for, for folks to invest locally. And that's what we're trying to do. But I mean, you hit it on the head. I mean, it's, it's kind of now or never, you know, if, if not now, then, then when are we going to do this? And, and our, our community, our region is going to look really, really different in, you know, five, 10 years. If we commit to using just a small portion of our collective assets to invest locally in, you know, measurable impact. Um, and if we don't do that, then it's, it's, um, you know, it's a huge loss for our region and, and everyone will, you know, I don't want to think about that outcome, but I, but yeah, no, I, let's not. I, and actually yeah. I, I do want to follow that thread though, because I, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. I, so if we continue to, to do this right, what does the future look like? What does the next five years, 10 years, 20, 50 years look like? Yeah, I think it looks like a community where, um, you know, low income households can invest in real estate projects in their own community. So gentrification is no longer just a a kind of a bad word, right? But we're seeing the positive impacts of it. That's the community investment trust piece. It's a community where, um, you know, people who maybe don't have 
a lot of skills can still find high quality jobs um, and grow in those jobs. Um, and it's, you know, it's an, it's a region where an entrepreneur can grow up and think, Hey, you know, I want to do something that is both mission driven and make some money. I know that I can get financing to do this. And I know that there's a support network to do this. And so then we have this whole ecosystem of businesses that are doing good. You know, we have the next Tom's, we have, um, you know, the next Patagonia, all of these companies that, that are trying to do more than just make money. And that's, that's totally possible. I mean, that, like, like, that's why, that's why I'm doing this every day, because I think that that's very real um, and very possible. I love that. And, and I, you know, when I look at the future, I hope that that's what I hope for too. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, So, so I'm going to bring it back personal again, before we close everything out. And I'm going to ask you as an individual, how does it feel to do the work that you do? I'm sure it's hard. Oh yeah. What keeps going? Um, you know, oh, it's so cliche, but I guess sometimes cliche things are, you know, there for a reason. But um, honestly, I just feel like the brevity of human life is like so acute, right? So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm in my mid thirties and I don't, I don't know what's lasting or why we're here, but I do believe that if we can make the world a little bit better for the people around us, and bring some positivity, then, then that's, that's great. That's all I need, you know, and it's fun. I like taking an industry that's kind of not known for being, you know, thoughtful or, um, compassionate and, and trying to get creative with, with something a bit more stagnant. I think that's fun. That is awesome. I just enjoy you as a general rule. I just want to say that. Uh, so, <laughs> so here, here's my, here, all right, I'm going to ask the fun question now. This is actually my favorite part of the show. I don't know if I, if I told you that when we were kind of working on things on the front end, but th- this is my favorite part because I, I think it gives insight without be taking itself too seriously. But my question for you, it's, it's not incredibly silly, um, but what are you, what are you consuming to feed your brain? right now, whether that's books or, you know, podcasts or, you know, if you're binging something on Netflix, what are, what are you doing outside of Equity Squared to feed your brain? Um, so, Ooh, man, I just got back from the MR340. So, um, it's a canoe race from Kansas city to St. Louis. Um, and I did it in 76 hours with oh my, my God. Yeah. So, beast. <laughs> um, so, you know, paddling, um, and it was, it was pretty scary, but I think it feels good to do scary things sometimes. Um, so yeah. that's, that's been my focus. There's like a whole industry and there's a whole genre of movies and they're like doing the thing that scares you or viewing the thing that scares you. So you, I, I feel like you're not alone, but that is, that's awesome. Uh, you know, that, that, that's a very cool girl thing to do. <laughs> Let's do it sometime. We'll, we'll go. Uh, out. You know, maybe I could probably be talked into it. I'll try anything once. You can, <laughs> you can paddle. 
now COVID is a good time to do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I, I have just committed to that. So <laughs> you're going you're gonna to teach me how to do this and I'm going to try not to, you know, hurt people or myself. No, you got it. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you having here, uh, he, having you here with us today, Emily. It's been a, a pleasure to talk to you, and I, I feel like I've learned a lot. I hope our listeners have as well. But thank you so so much. Thank you, Lauren. I really enjoyed chatting. Yay! I'm so glad. Um, <laughs> other thing, you know, definitely keep an eye out for us on Instagram at Start a Puzzle Podcast, and then you can check out our YouTube channel as well. And thank you so much for listening. We will catch you again soon. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Like we do it.